Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is PopCon, Indie PopCon to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, mm-hmm. you get a chance to meet us again mm-hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. That's all I got. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. What's your favorite scary movie? What's the boogeyman? You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? It's showtime. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. I'm your host, Robbie. And I'm Sammy. And today we have a very special episode. I'm Mm -hmm. very excited about this episode. We're talking about one of my favorite horror movies. It's in the horror genre. Yeah. Has monsters in it. But we're talking about Monster Squad. The Monster Squad. Yes. So Mm -hmm. if you were a fan of this growing up, Please let me know in the comments below. Mm-hmm. But I love watching this movie. I could watch it all year round. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we. I didn't know there was a documentary, and we did. We watched that last night. Yeah, it was it. on our Blu-ray or DVD, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's also on Amazon Prime, and I think like Pluto TV or something. It's on a couple places. Too. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to watch it. But yeah, mm-hmm. you should check that out. Yeah. Wolfman has nards. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Anything else you want to talk about before we dive in? No, let's just no. dive in. All right. So the monsters. Wow. All right. We have some fun taglines as always for the movie. So the first one, the end of the world starts at midnight. Never send a man to do a kid's job. I really like that one. I think that's fun. Yeah. I think they use that one a lot. Every 100 years, the forces of darkness arise to challenge the forces of light for control of all mankind. This is the year. Tonight is the night. But this time, Dracula has bitten off more than he can chew. That's a very long tagline. Yeah, it is. It's like a paragraph. That's a bit long. Call them for a monstrous good time. Get it? Yeah. Do you get the joke? I get it. Do you get the joke? Okay. And finally, you know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? I like that tagline, too. That's another one I saw in a couple different places, too. I liked that one, too. thought that was fun. So our very, very brief summary is a young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his monsters. 
Dum, dum, dum. Which, yeah, that's... That's pretty accurate. That's what they're doing in the movie. Yeah. Yep. It's rated PG-13 genre. It did fall under the horror category, so that's why it counts. We can watch it. Yep. Director Fred Decker. Producer Neil A. Maclis. Probably Maclis. And Jonathan A. Zimbert. Writers are Sean Black and the director Fred Decker. Cinematographer is Bradford May. And this one was released in theaters on August 14th, 1987. Okay. So I'm actually older than this, this movie. movie. Not by much, but briefly. Just a little bit. So it was a long time ago now that it came out. Its budget was an estimated $12 million. And wow. its gross in the U.S. and Canada was about 38 Oh, man. That's so it didn't make its budget back. Mm-mm. It's opening weekend. It made $1.9 So that's why we didn't get a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the documentary, the director slash writer is actually talking about how this kind of, like, ruined his career for a little bit of time. And yeah. nobody saw it. And, you know, it just is one of those things. But this movie, I certainly think has picked up a, like a cult following. Yeah, very much so. And those kids who didn't go see it in theaters necessarily watched it on TV. And I know we've already had some comments on social media where people are talking about, oh, I rented the videotape and I would go every weekend and rent it. Or really? I would watch the crap out of, you know, the video that I had, you know, on VHS. Is that what so, they said? I didn't yeah, know that. a couple of people have commented. Yeah, yeah. that's really so, cool. I have a feeling it picked up a lot. After it was in theaters. I feel like if it would have made its budget back, they would have done a sequel. Mm-hmm. But, but the studios don't like that. They yeah, like they don't like money. to lose money. Even if it's a popular thing. So Yeah, I'm sure it's yeah. made its budget back now mm-hmm. because of the cult following. Exactly. So. And I know in the documentary, too, a lot of the, some of the stars, maybe not all of them, but some of them were definitely talking about they didn't even know how popular the movie was as grown-ups you know that they've gotten this right. following until they would go to like a con or whatever and people would come up and say oh my god and you know give them the lines or talk about how much they love the movie and then they started realizing like yeah. how much of a following it actually has so that's pretty cool i wish they would reboot it yeah i bet Maybe. in today's genre i bet that would work well mm-hmm. there's because the there we, we're in a we live in a genre of reboots, mm-hmm. so why not try this again? And nostalgia, so yeah. Exactly. You I have a lot that. of us, a lot of older people that mm-hmm. grew up in this generation, and they would go out to the theaters and see it. Mm-hmm. Or it would be a good streaming yes. movie. Mm-hmm. For so sure. So you could have a lower budget, but do it for streaming. Yeah, I agree. So mm-hmm. I think they should reboot it. We'll see. You never know. So, but it is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it. I watch it all the time. Yeah, Not it doesn't it, have to be a Halloween. It doesn't, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be Halloween. If we're yeah. looking for something that we want to watch and we can't figure it out, we'll just pop on Monster Squad. Mm-hmm. One of one of the many shows we'll pop on. Mm-hmm. So. so, this movie is an hour and 21 minutes long and it was distributed by TriStar Pictures, who we decided is now Lionsgate owns them or whatever. So yeah, camera, because again, I don't know anything about this, but the camera listed was a Panavision Panaflex Gold and Panavision E-Series lenses. Okay. Because this is the 80s, so it's not nothing digital or anything. 
Now, ratings-wise, this movie has a 56% rating from critics on Rotten Tomato, 78% audience score on there, and a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. That's terrible. It should be up higher. Well, what we have found doing our movie reviews, not just here but on like the pixie dust twins in particular we're in the middle of our harry potter summer mm-hmm. and we are feeling like imdb is always full of haters yes they constantly love to go and just dog movies because yes. they can and put their ratings and drive it down so i never feel like imdb has a true fair rating i think rotten tomatoes i don't really care about critic scores i always share it just because i think it's interesting but I always look at the audience score over there because I feel like sometimes it's a little bit more accurate. So there's a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like people, when they go there, they're actually more realistic in their reviews. Okay. In my 78 opinion. is pretty good. Yeah. And I could see that's a kid's movie. So depending on when you watched it and right. if you like horror if you grew stuff. Up with and, it and if yeah. not, so that exactly. makes sense. So there's a long list for cast. So we won't go all the way through it, but as far as the kids go, we have Andra, Andre, oh my God, Andre, Andre Gower as Sean, who's the main, main kid, really love him. We have Robbie Kiger as Patrick, Stephen Mocked as Detective Del Crenshaw. Then we've got Duncan Rager, Rager as Count Dracula. I thought he did a really good job. So. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, is Liam Neeson almost ended uh, they talked about Dracula mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah, they were gonna have him do it, and then he ended up getting Stephen, another job. Um, sorry, Duncan came in, and they were just like, "Oh, you, this guy is it." So yeah. I think they did a great decision there. Yeah. As much as I love Liam Neeson, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Tom Noonan as Frankenstein's monster. Again, very good job. Very good job. Really loved him. him. And Brent Chalam as Horace. And then we've got Ryan Lambert, who played Rudy, and Ashley Bank was Phoebe. And then Robbie's favorite character, Michael Faustino, was Eugene. Yep. Robbie doesn't like Eugene. Robbie thinks Eugene should have been cut out of the movie. Um, I just, we'll talk about that later. Oh, and then last uh, actor I'll call out is Leonardo Semino, a scary German guy. And it makes me laugh because it's, he never actually gets a name. Like, that's what he's credited as, is just Scary German Guy. Yeah? I didn't know <laughs> Yeah, that. I kept thinking there would be, like, a name pop up, you know, even if we didn't really hear it in the movie. No, they just literally listed him Scary German Guy. So that's pretty That is his official funny. character name. So this movie was filmed at the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they actually went and filmed near a museum or at the museum. They also filmed at Richland Avenue Elementary School, which is also in L.A., Warner Brothers Burbank Studios, Columbia Warner Brothers Ranch, and then Universal Studios as well. Everything in California. Spent a lot of money on locations. Yeah, it probably was like a big chunk of the budget for sure. So I do have facts as usual for you. So some filming facts to start. According to the director, Fred Decker, Shane Black's first draft of the screenplay was so huge that the opening of the film featured Von Helsing accompanied by uh, Zeppelins and hundreds of men on horseback storming Dracula's castle. So it was a much bigger beginning. Uh, Decker stated that this sequence would have cost more than the final budget of the film. Wow. <laughs> so that's why that did not happen. Wow. Oh. 
And then going back to Liam Neeson, now this fact actually says that he was even paid for a bit part that was never shot. So I don't know Okay. what exactly, because I know in the documentary, they were talking about they wanted him for Dracula, so. Maybe they shot some test yeah. footage. Mm-hmm. But I didn't make didn't it. didn't use it. Didn't make it. That's, that happens. And Andre and Robbie were actually friends in real life before filming. Uh, so Gower, who's Andre, so that was Sean. No, it's Sean. Yeah. yeah. He actually campaigned the producers to hire his friend as the best friend role of Patrick. So I thought that was cute. That's cool. It's like, oh. And Seth Green screen tested for a role and even read with Andre, who was cast as Sean, as we said, but and the two became good friends. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, even though he was not in the movie. So That's pretty go. cool. Yeah. So we do have some horror movie references. Of course we do. Mm-hmm. There are some very obvious ones you probably noticed, for sure, that we'll be mentioning. So near the start of the movie, the plane where Dracula first appears has Browning written on the side, which is a nod to director Tad Browning, who directed Dracula in 1931. We figured that. Yeah. The Wolfman's face was modeled after that of Stan Winston. Really? Mm-hmm. And during the montage with the monster squad getting ready to stop Dracula, Sean points to where Shadowbrook Road is on the map to show his friend Patrick where the mansion Dracula is hiding out in is. On the other side of the map, it says Cheney College as a location. And this is an homage to actor Lon Cheney Jr., who played Lawrence Larry Talbot in Universal's The Wolfman. Okay. So another call out to classic character. And it has the same dead guys do not get to walk up and walk away by them, do not get up and walk away by themselves line, followed by a shot of a dead guy walking down the street. And, and that's the same as Night of the Creeps from 1986, which was also written and directed by Fred Decker. So reuse some of that. And there's a poster for The Return of the Living Dead from 1985 that's visible on the wall of the clubhouse. And another poster for the Lucio Fulci film Zombie from 1979, which is visible in the background of the clubhouse. And then besides that, if you guys didn't notice, the monsters are all homages to the universal classic monsters. Yes. This Frankenstein's monster, the swamp thing. Yeah. Wolf. Wolfman. Wolfman. Mm-hmm. The mummy. And the mummy. Brides of Dracula. And Dracula. So, but gotta, they could not, they did not have the rights to use. So that's why Universal's monsters. So that's why they're very, very similar, but they do look slightly different from the classic Universal monster. I think they actually look better. I liked them. I mean, especially the Wolfman. I really liked how he looked. Like, yeah, he actually looked like a real wolf. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The way they sculpted his head was really well done. And yeah, Dracula was scary still. Like, yeah. he still was creepy. I liked the mummy as well i thought that they did a good job making that creepy and then frankenstein's monster i mean he didn't look exactly the same but he looked enough, enough. and had the same sort of personality and everything i thought it was good. to drive the point across that this is frankenstein like you got it yeah you understood who he was mm-hmm. and, and then who he's trying to be the swamp monster just looked really cool too so i thought they did a really great job i liked yeah. all those characters that they chose and i'm glad that he was such a fan that he wanted to use the universal monsters because you know, you don't really see that as much these days. Yeah. I know this is from the 80s, but it's very cool. But. The only time you really see it nowadays is the you, you uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, right. That's about and it. 
I mean, and that was kind of the director slash writer's point is that he grew up watching these sort of movies and they were really important to him. And he was hoping to make a movie that would be really important as well, as far as like in the horror genre and scary for kids. And he did it, but just didn't really realize that he did accomplish that right until much later. Right. So we have some bad guy facts for you. Okay. I'm not going to call them killers in this series because this is PG-13 and aimed at kids. So we don't really have killers. Killers. Yeah, like necessarily. So in 2006, Wizard Magazine made a list of the 100 greatest villains of all time. And Dracula from this movie was ranked as number 30. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it was because of duncan's performance in the film it was chosen all over all other versions of dracula so it's, well in, during the documentary he was saying he wanted to, to make that character stand out or be did. different and i mm-hmm. think he accomplished that yes and, i agree i mean look i mean it has a cult following now mm-hmm. so yeah good job for him yeah and they actually said that his dracula version is considered to be one of the best interpretations of the character that's been made so there are a lot of kudos dracula to movies, him so that's great for him yeah no kidding uh let's see okay so due to licensing issues like we were talking about they had to be suggestive but not exact copies of the iconic monsters so that was a big challenge obviously for the art department for costuming all of that to kind of come up with similar but not exact copies because they didn't have the licenses to use the exact images so they could be very similar to like the creature in the black lagoon the little swamp monster but they couldn't do exactly what he looked like um that makes sense yeah so that that was a big thing they were worried about was like copyright infringement and the brief scene where frankenstein they say frankenstein but it's frankenstein's monster so where frankenstein's monster meets Phoebe playing by the water is obviously an homage to a similar, similar, but obviously way more tragic occurrence in the original Frankenstein film. So this way that the scene plays out in this film is um, more the way that Boris Karloff apparently wanted to do this scene in the 1931 original. So have you seen that or do you know what happens? Uh, I don't know what happened. No. Um, so the monster. I'm assuming he killed the girl. Most definitely kills the girl. Yes. He does not. He right off in the sunset with her. Yes. No, no, she is dead. I'm... So and I think it's interesting that Karloff actually wanted to do a scene more like what they actually did. So I thought that's very cool that they were able to do that in this movie. Well, I think Phoebe and uh, Frankenstein's monster is kind of the soul of the movie yeah and they talked about that they kind of built it up Mm -hmm. and that was its own special thing yeah they called it like the heart of the movie which i agree when you have a lot of just nonsense going on yeah and a lot of boys and Mm -hmm. they're just being boys it was nice to have phoebe in there and then have her be the the cute little heart and then bond with the big scary monster i thought that was really nice well frankenstein got her into the monster club because that's what she wanted to be in. Can like, I be in the club now? It's so cute. And then Frankenstein pushes him. That was like the best part. The way he just looks him and then Push, yeah. <laughs> he falls down. I love that. So yeah, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. And he is, I really liked it when uh, they, they're like, oh, I got somebody to show you. Mm-hmm. And all the boys run and they're like, he, Phoebe's like, don't be chicken shit. Just come on. Yeah don't be such chicken shit it's so funny so yeah that's very cool mm-hmm. so 
Now, I don't know if you noticed, but there were armadillos at Dracula's castle at the very beginning. Yes. That is another reference to Dracula from 1931, where they were seen. Um, so well, I think one armadillos, of the brides were actually eating them when Van Helsing came into the castle. I think so, yeah. So, yeah. So, armadillos are indigenous to the Americas. So, while their appearance in a Transylvanian castle was seen as a goof in the earlier film, they were meant as an homage in this one. And I think I had read somewhere that the reason they used armadillos was because it was easier to deal with than rats or they couldn't get rats or something like that, that and, to sense. be at the castle. So they pretended those were rats, you know, something like that. I think so. I just thought that was fun that they did on purpose in this one to do. another. Realistically, homage. I wouldn't want to deal with the rats. I'd much rather deal with the armadillos. Probably. Yeah. Realistically. So we have some special effects and stunts to share with you. The scene where Dracula lifts Phoebe up and screams was done in one take, and they do talk about this in the documentary. Duncan wouldn't wear his red contacts or fangs around the five-year-old Ashley because it scared her too much. So for this scene, the director just told Ashley to scream once the platform raised her. She asked when, and Decker told her, oh, you'll know, and proceeded to shoot. The terrified scream you hear when Dracula opens his eyes, and he doesn't just open his eyes, he hisses at her which she talks about. She very clearly remembers this. So that scream is genuine. So Ashley is really like freaking out. So there was a platform. So he didn't actually lift her up. No, it lifted her up. And so that's what they were saying. Like the platform's going to lift you up and then you're going to need to scream. And she's like, okay, like what's the cue basically? And no, you'll figure it out. I, I don't think this, the Phoebe acts anymore. I think she has a real job. Mm -mm, No. I didn't get the impression that she's an actor any longer. Yeah, Mm -mm. me too. In addition to sculpting the Frankenstein's monster makeup, Tom Woodruff Jr. played the role of the Gilman. So that's like the swamp monster. It was his debut as a suit performer, a skill he has perfected in the 20 years since, performing in creature suits for dozens of films. And he said, on my own time, I had the guys do a body cast of me because I'd plan on building my own personal gorilla suit which is something I always wanted to do. So this body cast is just sitting there in the shop and the monster squad came up and the part of the Gilman hadn't been cast. I distinctly remember sitting in Stan's shop, pointing to that body cast that was there and ready to go and saying, Stan, I can do this. Let me play the Gilman. I really pitched myself, which wasn't and still isn't something I'm comfortable doing, but he considered it and then he let me do it. The other guys started building that Gilman creature suit over my life cast, and I got to play that character in the Monster Squad. Speaking of Stan, he's going to be at Spookala. No, I'm sorry. He's going to be at Spooky Empire. My fault. For in October. He's going to be at Spooky Empire? Yes. Oh, I don't think I realized that. Well, that's cool. They announced that today. Oh, well, I missed it because I've been working all day. So that's why I didn't see it. I did see Matthew Lillard is coming to Spookala. So you got a beginning of October. I wonder if Nev Campbell's going to be I'm waiting now. Okay, I know this is like off topic already, but I'm waiting on it because we've already got Skeets. Now we have Matthew. We have the original stuntman. Yeah. And we have Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Who? Come on. I'm waiting for her to be like, waiting oh, for them to be like, by the way, we got Nev Campbell. So we also have Nev coming. You guys, everyone is already freaking the fuck out. Like when they announced the stuntman, and I'm so sorry, I can't remember his name, but 
when they announced him, a lot of Scream fans were like, oh my God, this is great, whatever. And they announced Skeet and then they're just like, oh my God, that's so great. And, you know, Jamie Kennedy. And then it's just like, oh, we're getting like a mini reunion. So there, I feel you, like Spookala is just like building it up. Do you think they will do the Fonz too? Henry Winkler? Oh my God. I hope Henry Winkler is there. He, he was so nice. Super cool to do. Oh, everybody has said, like, I haven't heard anyone complain about any of the Scream actors, but... I know in particular, like Henry Winkler, everyone has just been like, he is like super nice. Yeah. So I hope that they're all there. That would be very I could cool. see him walking around and being like, hey, what's up? You I know? really could. I just, I just want to meet Matthew Lillard and be like, please be in the next Scream movie, please. You can pitch your idea to him. Please. He probably doesn't need a pitch because there's like a good 50% of us at least out there who are like, why are you not the killer yet in these movies? Right. So, yeah. I mean, I love all the Scream actors, but probably Stu is, like, one of my favorites. Just oh. because there's so much mystery with his death and all of that. Yeah. Again, we are, uh, we will be at different horror cons and uh, we'll different things. Yeah, Spook so Alley and Spooky Empire. Mm-hmm. And 90s con. Well, I don't I will, know. I will be at 90s con. I don't Sammy know if I can go. Me. I probably cannot. But if you want to come meet me, you can. But we are definitely off track. So we'll get back to the Monsters. Club. This happens all the time at the Pixie Dust Twins, so... It's cool. So are you, what did you actually think of the movie? Like Monster Squad? Well, it's a fun movie. Like you can, it's, it's a movie that you can watch with the whole family. And there's no, par- I mean, there's no parts in it. You're just like, oh, I need to turn there's my head. like kids being kids in it, you know, right. with the way that they're messing with each other. But yeah, I feel like, especially the being like PG-13. Right. I think you could have younger kids watch it and it's not that big a deal, honestly, unless they're afraid of like scary Dracula. The only the only cast member I would have cut is Eugene. Robbie and the reason why Eugene. is I he just doesn't make sense. He doesn't do anything. He like the part when the mummy comes into his room uh-huh. and he runs out and mm-hmm. tells his dad and he's like oh come in and he's like where's this big scary monster if his dad would have uh looked in the cl- actually looked in the closet he would have been like pretty funny though the, the way that he makes a big deal the out kid of it wouldn't have been crazy and, and then, then he, he opens the door and then he stands there and makes a big deal out of it and the mummy's just like chilling, chilling in there <laughs> that's pretty funny but yeah i guess they technically could have done it at one of the other kids houses and then when they're in the in, the, in their clubhouse and he's like mummy came in my house he doesn't explain it he just says that nobody even acknowledges that he spoke and exactly they're he's, probably like what the fuck he's there as like an added comic relief but i feel like a lot of the kids already were like funny so right yeah you probably are right you probably didn't i feel really like Eugene. you didn't really need it i mean yeah. they talked about him in the documentary but honestly mm-hmm. i felt like his character probably could have gotten cut I mean, yeah, you and had not lost the, anything from the overall movie. The three older kids, and then Rudy, and then Phoebe. I think would have been a good. Well, Rudy is my one of my favorite characters. I in really there. enjoy Rudy too. Like yeah. when uh, he fat kid is getting beat up, mm-hmm. and he rides up, and he's like, "Hey, EJ, I I understand you met my friend Horace. Mm-hmm. You dropped your candy bar, mm-hmm. EJ." Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, it's not mine. It's his." It's yours now. It's yours now. So he makes him eat. Yeah. And then he, Rudy's kind of like, um, have you ever seen um, how to, or um, 
10 Things I Hate About You, the guy in there, they're like, oh, you're, he wasn't sure if he had a liver or not. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where Rudy is. Because like they you're were talking like, about Keith Ledger's character. Yeah, like, yes. he would, they were like, I heard he killed his dad. Mm -hmm. Or does he go to school or not go to school? Yeah, I like those kind of characters where it's like, they're the cool kid. Right. But they don't adhere to any sort of rules. Like, they're friends with who they like. And it's, right. even if the kids are losers or weird, it doesn't bother them. They just they do their own thing and that makes them even cooler because they really don't care what anybody thinks about them. So yeah, I really liked the Rudy character too. And that's probably why. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when uh, they're driving to the center of town, he uh, takes the mummy's thing and shoots a bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. And I like how Sean's like, Rudy, why don't you get silver bullets? I think I put that in as one of my favorite quotes. And he's too. like, where am I going to get silver bullets at? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they go to figured, Kmart. <laughs> yeah, go to Kmart. Uh, this is when Kmart was popular. Before That's, it, before it went, out, went out of business. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, go to Kmart. Mm -hmm. But they melted down some of the fine china. I'm mm -hmm. sure his, her mom, his mom was like, what? Mm -hmm. What is going on here? Yep. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I think Rudy added a lot to the plot and made it made it keep going i really like rudy a lot he probably is my favorite character him and sean mm -hmm. i mean a lot of the a lot of the mother end up after the movie mm -hmm. acting in uh lethal weapon she yeah was she in lethal was weapon. in yeah she's been in television mm -hmm. the father was in uh i want to say uh he was he did a lot of television shows too mm -hmm. So yeah, I think those two were pretty got some success out of doing this, even mm -hmm. though this hurt the director. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is unfair, but yeah, I, I, I hope the director is still working mm -hmm. because I didn't think this was a bad. Now that there's a cult following, I mm -hmm. hope that they'll trust him to do it another another picture. I yeah, I didn't get the idea he was out of the business. I think he just said he struggled for a little bit after right yeah because mm -hmm. studios don't like to lose money mm -hmm. but what was your favorite part of the movie mm. i really like phoebe and when she brings out frankenstein's monster that seems really funny and they're like don't be chicken shit yeah when she's like guys don't be chicken shit that's pretty funny. And then when he knocks, you know, we said we knocked Sean, Sean down. Over. And then I have it in um, quotes, but there's that bit when they get to the church and they're like, oh, we're stuck out here. And, you know, Phoebe's like looking and, hey, guys, or something. Hey, guys, they're here. And um, they look and they got the, the brides, right, coming mm -hmm. down, looking all creepy. And then um, Rudy just kind of takes off. And he's then, you like, know, they're like, Rudy, where are you going? And then he's got like the cigarette and he pulls out his crossbow and he says, I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? And I'm just like, this is great. I love this. You were, that is one of my favorite scenes. That's yes. like a pivotal scene yes. in this movie. The way and, he says he just, it is so smooth. He's just waiting for them to come. And mm -hmm. he's just like, oh. Yeah, he just says it so coolly and so smoothly and just gets out the crossbow and then just goes like he, at him he shot one and then he hesitated on the last one so mm -hmm. he had to pull out the stake yeah to get him yeah but for a minute there you worry about rudy like mm -hmm. oh my goodness like is something gonna, gonna happen. happen yeah and then when the wolfman shows up all the police are shooting at him and he takes the police gun mm -hmm. and um he loads the silver bullet in and mm -hmm. he goes bang yeah the silver bullets that he made by the way right mm -hmm. 
from the fine china mm-hmm. and then um sean and his dad's walking out and he's like i told you there's only one way to kill a werewolf and they tried to say like oh hit by whatever are they saying hit by a car falling onto a bomb yeah like all sorts of stupid shit and guess what no rudy was right there's one way to kill a werewolf rudy mm. was right and he yep. does have nards i think another part another good good scene is when they're uh fat kid uh and sean and everybody or is in dracula's house mm-hmm. and they have dracula come in the brides and wolfman and they're like haven't you ever seen the hardy boys you mm-hmm. pull a lever Mm-hmm. And then they actually like get the, the statue. Yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. they get the amulet. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like an intense scene. You're like, Oh my goodness, what's going to go on? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's another one. That's a really great show, and, scene. And I just like, even though I'm sure it was traumatizing for the actress, but I do like when Dracula right at the end is trying to get the amulet and stop Phoebe and the when his face is all lit up green and he's hissing at her i really liked that bit it was so scary and then two seconds later what do you have you have frankenstein's monster who comes up and then turns him around and then he does that bogus (laughs) oh that's really a lot of fun too and they were talking about that on the documentary how the actor smiled when he said the line as right. Frankenstein's monster and the director's like, no, no, you can't smile during this. This is very serious. And he's just like, I'm going to play this with a smile. And we yeah. liked the smile. We I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, this is his revenge. Yeah. The director or the producer of it were like, you can't smile. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm getting revenge on somebody, I'm going to smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just thought it fit the character. So yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but overall, I think it's a great movie from mm-hmm. start to finish. Um, I saw it when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I just kind of liked it from there. Yeah. And then I introduced you to it. Yes. So. But this is the type of movie I probably would have watched, but I, I don't imagine it was rerun a whole lot because, you know, the studio right. didn't think it was a moneymaker. Because I watched, like, Goosebumps and, right. and Are You Afraid of the Dark, mm-hmm. which I would love to rewatch are you afraid of the dark the original version yeah and talk about it and see how i feel about it because there are definitely things from that that still haunt my brain yeah (laughs) from that that show but i would love to watch it as an adult yeah and then talk about it too so i think that's something we should definitely do because so your first time watching monster Monster squad Squad. did Uh you find it scary at all or did you find parts of it scary or um i mean not scary like i'm gonna have nightmares like i feel like if i was a little kid i would have definitely been afraid of the dracula yeah because he was scary but i would have loved frankenstein's monster just like i do now and i mean the mummy is scary but it didn't really do much he's not horrible he was there for nostalgia purposes it's like it i probably part of it too is because i always love the disney channel movie under wraps which okay. had a whole mummy on there and he was a friendly mummy. So I don't think they freak me out as much because I'm like, oh, it's like under wraps again. Not because this mummy was mean, but similar. But yeah, so definitely some scary bits, but I don't think like the swamp monster would have overly scared me or anything. And the the I, the wolf man, he was kind of scary, but it also was funny in the way that he kept trying to tell everyone he was a werewolf could you please lock me up and no one went to listen so he made that whole big scene yeah at the police station and still didn't work and then they up blowing him away and then still didn't kill him not really yeah so poor ambulance driver though yeah mm-hmm. he got that mm-hmm. i think the saddest part of that is when 
now at their final battle, and then mm. everybody's getting sucked into the whirlpool. Oh, and yeah. then Frankenstein and Phoebe are like, don't go, don't go. And she's just like, no, you don't go. And he's like, bye. And oh. he throws the bear. She throws it's, the bear. It's a dog. It's and a dog. I know it's a dog because I had, I may have it still somewhere, but I had like the exact same little stuffed dog when I was little. His name was Max. Okay. By the way, I still remember. But I had those same, like, it looked exactly the same. And it would make sense around this time frame because mm -hmm. really, yeah, close in age for that. So, yeah, it was a stuffed doggy. It's very cool. Yeah. So, um, overall, I would give this more a higher score than that. Mm -hmm. I'd give it an 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. Mm -hmm. So... That's yeah. my, my vote. I would agree. Like eight or nine out of 10, I think is fair. And uh, one thing we didn't mention, uh, the actor Brent Chalam, who played Horace, aka Fat Kid, he died of pneumonia in 1997. That's right. So that's just something that really sucks. Yeah. Especially since the movie has gained so much traction with the our age millennials, yeah. you know, maybe gen x maybe a little bit but i feel like it's probably a lot of millennials who are really into this who dies out of a pneumonia that's a thing you can definitely die I from pneumonia that. yeah you can definitely die from that so i could definitely see that um and then mary ellen trainer who's the mother of the lead siblings so sean and, and phoebe she's also the mother in the goonies if you remember Oh, she is. That's yes. right. I forgot. So I just wanted to point that out too. She's also in the Goonies, another classic. Yeah. Movie from the eighties. And she was a therapist in Lethal Weapon, and those were in the eighties too. Yeah, big eighties star. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to to mention that too. And then I know we are doing some quotes. I don't know if we missed. Well, you I didn't... gotta I gotta tell you one more part about the scary German guy. It's your last chance for pie. I'm gonna say we have not done the line that I have heard constantly for years that's like over when and they're over. like who are we gonna they have van helsing's book and they're like who else are we gonna get to read this and he was like hey, time is almost goes into the house and He's like the time, time is almost up it's your last chance for pie and i love how when they're talking about it too they're just like what's german for please don't murder me and then he walks up and says <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. I always love that bit too and, and the, the actor actually that plays scary german guy is italian by the way not I knew sure. that. I did not until I was looking this up. So, so like when they meet him outside of uh, Dracula's house when they're running and they got the amulet, scary German guy's like, maybe we should all go back to my place for some pie. Mm -hmm. He throws that out there. Yeah. And they're like, no time for that. Mm -hmm. So. And then you, what else do you always say? Well, I think you already did at the beginning. Wolfman's. Wolfman has nards. Wolfman's got nards. And then there's that scene with EJ and towards the end when he sees Horace again My and he says Horace. Horace. Yeah, hey Vacid, good job. And then yeah, he That was that his moment. Mm -hmm. That was his moment. Every kid wishes he has, and mm -hmm. he had it in the movie. And then the other fun line from Horace is Gary German guy is bitching. Yeah. yeah. That's always a fun one too. But I like Rudy's. That's why I had to bring that up. I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Like, I think that part is so super I love cool. that. Yeah. But I love Scary German Guy. And there's a whole thing, too. And they, they do talk about this in the documentary. But when they're talking to Scary German Guy, and, you know, there's so much, like, fun and lighthearted stuff in this movie. And 
you know, obviously it's sad when right. Frankenstein's monsters leave, but when they're talking to a scary German guy and then they're leaving and they make a comment to him and they're just like, oh, you must know a lot of real monsters or something like that. And then he's like, I do. And then you see like the uh, Holocaust. Yeah. The concentration camp number on his arm. It's like shit got like real, real you know, yeah. you're just like, oh, damn. Like he's he's really been through some stuff and he's so kind to these kids. And yeah, yeah, I just yeah, I thought that was an interesting touch into the movie too because especially with this being in the 80s yeah you know, it wasn't that long ago that that would have all went down so yeah yeah but yeah overall would watch Great this movie, movie repeatedly it's a lot of fun a no matter fun. what time of year and if you haven't watched it definitely check it out mm-hmm, highly recommended i'm sure it's on streaming somewhere i i don't or you have to rent it from you that, might have to rent it because I think I started to Apple. look but we have it you know on DVD or whatever it was blu-ray yeah so I was like oh we'll just watch it on there but I think you may have to rent this movie I'm not 100% sure but it's got to be out there someplace if not just go buy it it yeah, can't be that a, expensive at this point it's a great movie mm-hmm. to have in your collection yeah so in two weeks we're going to be talking about lost boys Yes. The first one. The first one, yes. Yeah, we're going to do that. And then, I don't know. <laughs> and we'll figure it out. What's coming up to that? We'll have to see what we're in the mood for. But, yeah. If you guys have any suggestions or movies you want us to mm-hmm. cover, let us know. Yeah. Is that it? Are you done? I mean, do you have anything else you wanted to, no. to add or talk about? No, I'm pretty much set. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm good. Like we said, it's just highly recommended, this movie. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. Again, this is one of our favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, please like, subscribe, and share our content with others mm-hmm. so they can uh, check it out. Yes. And we'll, some of us, some of you will see you at Spooky Empire and Spookala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in October, so you'll hear us talking about it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if it's annoying, but every time they have new announcements and whatnot, we'll definitely be letting chatting you know. about that and letting you know for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. So until next time. Bye. Bye. You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert 1950 Studios and at The Sama Lamb. We also have a TikTok at 1950 Studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week. <laughs>